What the hell's the name of this thing? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, clown number one. Barry Horn. Right. He tried to get me in mid-shoe. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy. I am Evan Grant. I've still yet to come up with a fun and exciting way to say Ballsy. You don't have to be fun and exciting. Have, but it's a fun name. We no, have, it really isn't, Kevin. Oh, now you're down on the name. You used to like it, and now all of a sudden you're down on it. Until I had to say it on the air. Oh, on the I, air. Don't say on the air, okay? I think we have NPR Evan here today. Yeah. The, the yeah, he's very sedate. sedate. Oh, That's yeah. right, and we're going to make some sweaty balls today. <laughs> oh, my gosh. We, that, we've, David Moore's just hung up, I believe. He doesn't want to be part of this. And by the way, I'm Kevin Sherrington. That's Barry Horn. You introduce yourself. Thanks very much. And, and who's our guest? And our guest today is the great David Moore. Hi, David. How are you? I do have the option to hang up if I want. <laughs> I think that's in your contract. Okay. David, there's no money in this for you, but we'll just call you great the whole show. How do you like that? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I, I've seen how that trade-off works. You, you made a whole career out of that, by the way. So, exactly. da- so David, uh, we've had a, a mini camp and uh, a rookie mini camp, and they were all out there running around. Uh, what was your take on, on the weekend and how they how they looked? You can't tell a whole lot, uh, you know. Especially, I, I think what you're really interested to see is the defensive linemen they got. If they're going to be able to plug in and help immediately, but they're they're just doing they're doing individual drills. They're not doing any team drills, so they're not going against offensive linemen. Uh, they really didn't go receivers, didn't go against corners that much. It was uh, just breaking down and doing individual drills. But even in doing that, I mean, you could you could see the the talent and just how he handled himself in an Ezekiel Elliott. Uh, just moves around so well, uh, catch, the way he catches the ball uh, in those drills, uh, just the way he moves in and out uh, uh, of the drills and other things they did was, again, you can tell, as, as offensive coordinator Scott Linehan said, he's a natural. And uh, you could really see that out there. Uh, much like you could Des Bryant a few years ago when he came in. You could just see him make plays, uh, even in individual drills, he just looked different doing it. Uh, a little bit of the same thing with Ezekiel Elliott. Um, you know, hard to tell much else, although uh, I will say that uh, um, their sixth-round pick, Anthony Brown, uh, no surprise, but, I mean, he's, he's very fast, and, and that showed up. You, you could see that and how he moved out there. And, you know, they, they brought in a few guys. They, they didn't draft any receivers. Uh, one receiver is kind of interesting is Andy Jones. Uh, out of Jacksonville, Florida, a uh, bigger guy, good speed. He moved pretty well. Uh, he, he's a guy that at least kind of caught your eye as you go forward. How did uh, second-round pick Jalen Smith look out there? Well, in, off to the side as he walked around and observed drills, uh, <laughs> about like you would expect. You know, he, he was very into observing, though. He, he had a very good observational stance. David, David, as you know, I was out there to talk to him this weekend, and um, then one of our esteemed editors called me and said, we need to do a story on him immediately. I understand he cannot walk. And I was like, well, I think I walked with him, and I think I saw him. Uh, he is walking, correct? So can we let the world know that he is walking? He's walking. He did a video, what, the week of the draft, and then right after it showed him doing some workouts and doing some things. He's able to do things. It's the... 
it's the nerve regeneration angle uh, that's the question mark with him. And uh, but but that doesn't preclude him from doing some very basic uh, fundamental uh, rehabilitation uh, activities. David, I want to go back to you. You brought up Andy Jones's name, and he's kind of intriguing to me because he, he's not real fast, uh, but he's a four or five guy, fast enough, and he's a big guy. And of course, he has great athletic ability. I think he did a had a forty one and a half vertical leap, and he did eleven one on his broad jump, which was uh, you know if he'd been at the combine, those would have been right at the top of the, of the class. Um, you know, a, a reader pointed this out to me. You know, I, we talked about the fact that they did not draft a wide receiver, but Bryce Butler is coming back, and and he would be healthy. How do you? Where do you put the state of the wide receivers at this point? Because I, I think it's been kind of a weak point uh, for the team for the last couple of years, especially when Dez has been out. Yeah, as we talked about it before, it's clearly a weak point when your lead receiver is out. If Dez Bryant is in the mix and healthy, to me it's not that big of a concern because I think Terrence Williams, while he showed last year he is not a lead receiver, I think he is, is a dangerous second receiver. Uh, could you could you upgrade that position? Sure, uh, but but I do think he's an effective second receiver. Bryce Butler has some speed. The issue with him was inconsistency in health last year, uh, but but he showed uh, he's your speed component. You know, Cole Beasley is, is an outstanding slot receiver. Uh, you, you have Jason Witten at tight end, and and clearly now we're taking Ezekiel Elliott. You're you're doubling down on the running game. You're you're going to run like you did two seasons ago. Uh, you can even argue you may run more, uh, given that you also have Darren McFadden and, and Alfred Morris here in the mix. So, you know, to, to me, uh, upgrading the second wide receiver position is not crucial because I think they're going to be such a run-oriented team, and I think as long as Des Bryant is healthy, uh, I don't know how many passes are going to be out there for a second wide receiver uh, because, you know, Witten's going to get his compliment. Uh, Cole Beasley on, on third down is going to get his. Uh, I just don't know how many more opportunities are out there. So I think upgrading that position would be minimized. But, you know, I, I think it is going to be interesting. I, I think Andy Jones has a chance to work in the mix. And you were talking, he doesn't have great speed, but he has good size. So now when you go to three and four wide receiver sets and you have uh, the, the defenses in its nickel or dime package and you're having smaller cornerbacks, trying to match up with Andy Jones, uh, the lack of speed is not an issue. The size becomes a big issue in his advantage. David, aren't you forgetting somebody, uh, a, a stellar backup tight end who might catch the ball? <laughs> oh, my oh, God. Boys? Come on. It's the a former second, A former second-round draft choice? I believe he was over there with Jalen Smith. <laughs> yeah, he was. The other day. What is the prognosis on, on the great Gavin Escobar? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Nat, you've learned, Kevin. Yeah. Do we do we have a prognosis oh, no, on I didn't him? No, no, do, I didn't forget him. What, what's the what's the prognosis on on his recovery? Um, he he may be able to do. He won't do anything in the off season program. It doesn't look like uh, he may be cleared on a limited basis toward the end of training camp to to work in and do something. Um, but again, we've seen uh, and now that you know you you have this running game component back. Dez is coming back. Uh, uh, Cole Beasley has asserted himself. Uh, I, I just don't see that there's much of any role for Gavin Escobar. We've we've seen what they've been unable to do with him. No surprise uh, you in did. recent years. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and again, this past year, I mean, if he, if he didn't become more of a factor this past year when Dez went out, 
why would he be more of a factor now when Dez is back and uh, you've upgraded your running game? I, I just don't see that he has a, a meaningful role in this offense. David, from now on, ignore the Gavin Escobar question. Ignore all questions. Yeah, that's right. Okay. All right. Hey, David, listen, you, you mentioned something at the top, and then our boys, as they are prone to do, just went off on tangents. Pirated the whole um, you, you mentioned something about looking at defensive linemen and getting an idea of which guys you might be able to plug in. Is there help on the defensive line that you noticed? Well, again, I, I think what they're really banking on here, you, you know, Charles Tapper's a fourth-round pick. Uh, they're going to go into their season without their two, you know, their two projected starting defensive ends who are go- both going to be on suspension. But you know, e- even defensive ends taken in the first and second rounds of this draft rarely have any sort of impact as far as reaching the quarterback in their rookie season. So, in my mind, it's unrealistic to expect. Uh, that out of a rookie defensive end. I think Charles Tapper from Oklahoma will be in the rotation early in the season out of necessity. But but I think the more likely scenario you're going to see is that you're going to see the third-round pick, Collins, from Nebraska, Malik Collins. Uh, if he shows anything at all at that defensive tackle, that three technique, which is uh, rush the passer in, in Rod Marinelli's scheme, more so than run defense, uh, it, you're going to see him – if he showed you anything in this off-season po- program and training camp, I think it's more likely you would see him move in and maybe if not start, be a significant part of the rotation, that defensive tackle rotation. In those first four games, they would move Tyron Crawford uh, out to right defensive end or left defensive end, depending on how this thing breaks down and they look at it, to uh, to give you a pass rush in that first month of the season where, you're, where you'll be without Demarcus Lawrence. And Randy Gregory. All right, David. Uh, with that in mind, uh, I want you. We're going to put you out here on a limb, and we're going to. We want you to assess the the amount of playing time. Who gets the most playing time? Working down from there, not counting special teams. Who's going to have the most playing time of all the rookies this year? And then two, three, four, and five. Well, clearly, I mean, I, I think uh, Ezekiel Elliott is going to get the most playing time. I don't think it's even going to be close. Uh, if you're looking over the course of the season from the rookies and the defensive line, um, I, I would say Collins, uh, Malik Collins. They're, they're really intrigued by him. They think that uh, the, the three technique is, is a really good fit for him, uh, and this scheme is going to bring it out. They, they also think that about Tapper. You know, Tapper is one thing that they said that Oklahoma's defensive scheme where he was playing didn't really suit his speed and ability to get to the quarterback. You know, he had seven sacks last year, but they really asked their defensive ends to, to hang back a little bit more and not, not put that uh, pass rush on. They want you to drop back in coverage, play a little more run. Uh, that's not what he'll be asked to do here. But again, like I said, he's a rookie, a fourth-round pick. I, I think he'll be part of the rotation. But he could actually be a guy who gets less carries as the season goes on because I think he's going to be more in the rotation early. Um, you know, a guy that's kind of interesting to me is, is, is Anthony Brown. Uh, I could see where he might be able uh, to, to work in and do something. I think Kevin Frazier, the safety, uh, they like him as well, but I think his impact's going to be on special teams, not necessarily on the defensive side of the ball. 
Evan, have we heard enough about defensive linemen? Can I ask another qu- a question no. about something else? No. Okay, go ahead. David, I, I'm, <laughs> the, the thing that still sticks in my mind is, and, and I think long-term the Cowboys got themselves a very good draft class, but I think that we all feel like in, in the short term, you know, what are these guys going to contribute? And my question here is, do you, as you about – You What? As you get ready to embark, about, <laughs> I thought he was going to say disembowel. I don't know what he was going to say, David. Wow! Ignore the idiots. As you get ready to embark on a on a European vacation, do you feel confident? Thanks for telling all his uh, all the burglars out there that David's going on vacation. Yeah, thank by you. The way. I appreciate that. Very nice. Good job. Uh, do you feel that there will be enough defense here? To, I, I don't know, reinforce the offense to, to keep. <laughs> this is like a ten-minute question, and it's to reinforce the. the Evan, Evan, I'm going to go out and get you some caffeine. <laughs> David, I, I, you feel oh like my God. you feel like there's enough defense here that the Cowboys are not going to have to outscore anybody and outscore everybody, and will they be able to? Let me explain something to you. To win a game, you have to outscore your opponent. Shut up, Kevin. Uh, everybody, everybody's frisky I, this morning. I feel, I feel disemboweled sitting through this entire segment. <laughs> Me too. Unbelievable. Uh, I, I, you know, there were major questions about this defense two years ago. And what happened was that the offense controlled the game, got to leads, forced the other, uh, forced the other offense to take some chances and play from behind. And that, I, I think had a large part of the dynamic of the, the turnovers that defense was able to force. Because if you look at it strictly from a talent standpoint, you can argue that last year's defense had more talent than the defense in 2014. The difference was in how the games played out. So um, I think that this defense is not as bad as we saw last season. I think that offenses were were very, very conservative in their game plan going against the Cowboys because they felt that just from a personnel scam standpoint, we're going to be able to beat this team. So why take chances? The only way we're going to lose is if we turn it over. So let's not do anything to risk turning it over. And I think you saw that in how games played out. So I think if Dallas is more competitive offensively, uh, I think this defense is going to uh, perform at a higher level than it did last year. Evan, is that is you breathing like top, that? Is it one of the top ten defenses in the league? No, but but I think yeah, I think what you're looking at is if, if all teams have either an offensive or defensive identity, and what you're trying to do on the other side of the ball is just not hurt yourself. You know, not drag down uh, the good part of your team. I, I think. I think an average to slightly above average defense, if this offense is healthy and operating on all cylinders, I think that will be enough to be an effective, an effective and successful football team. Now, now that we've satisfied Evan's defensive fetish, I'd, I'd like to ask about a player I think most people would like to know about, probably right behind Zeke Elliott, Dak Prescott. Um, did, was he out there at all? What did you see? Um, and what's his role going forward? Yeah, very athletic, good arm. Uh, he's a guy like so many college players now. The question is, 
okay, you're not going to operate in the spread the whole time. You're going to have to operate from under center. Uh, can you make that transition? Can you still read defenses quickly enough, uh, taking the ball from under center and moving back in order to make the plays you need to make? That's something you're not going to know until you know training camp plays out and, and preseason plays out. He's he, again, at least my thing is at least they finally got someone in here to develop or to to invest some time in to see if he can be Tony Romo's successor. If two years down the road you see he hasn't made progress, it's not going to work out, well, you go and draft someone else. But at least here's a guy who's worthy of investing time in to see if he will be able to do it, and you have a little bit of time here to make that determination. And all this being said, I know fans aren't going to like this, but uh, you know, Dak Prescott's the, the third quarterback on this team. Kellen Moore is the backup quarterback going into this off-season program and into the into the regular season is what it looks like. And, and I know that leaves a lot of people uncomfortable. Well, let me ask you this about uh, Dak Prescott. You know, I, it, I don't, obviously he's not ready to play and, and probably won't be for another couple of years if, if you decide he is going to be Tony Romo's successor. But could they put in some spread uh, tangents here in this offense? Could Scott Linehan, Linehan do that and give the, the Cowboys kind of a little different wrinkle? Well, they have to do that, and that's one thing Jerry Jones uh, talked about, and he said he got buy-in from from Jason Garrett and, and Scott Linehan that they were going to incorporate some packages into the offense that, that fit Dak Prescott's skill set. Scott Linehan was talking about that more this weekend, and, and you know, you say this, and, and it's not going to be a, a, a complete, you know, reclamation project here on, on the offense. I mean, as he said, uh, Dak Prescott's going to have to show he can run the offense that's in place, but you want to add a few packages onto that that suit what he can do and, and, and you know, take advantage of his mobility. So we're going to see that in the preseason. I think it's going to be pretty fun in the preseason to see what they do with him and how he There is nothing fun about preseason, David. Oh, come on. <laughs> have, have, have a heart. Hey, I want to go back to, to – I'm going to be like Evan. I'm going to go back to defense here. This whole Charles Tapper thing is very interesting to me uh, because here's a guy who was the fastest – Defensive lineman at the combine is that not correct? Four five nine, yeah, Tapper, yeah, four four five nine forty, isn't that correct? Yeah, he was either first or second. Yeah, he may have been first at, at that position. So uh, I realize that you know, okay, you know that Oklahoma had him in a different scheme where he was kind of almost he was dropping into coverage more often and not always just rushing the passer. But if you got a guy that size who runs a four five nine, why is he not at least a second round draft pick? Uh, just the fact he hasn't done it consistently, the the fact that he hasn't been in that system, you'd have to project him. Uh, you look at his technique, because he, he wasn't used consistently on the edge, rushing uh, the quarterback. When he comes in, he's a little high. He has to play lower to the ground. A lot of guys, when they have to play lower, they lose some of that speed. So I think it's just technique and not the repetition of having done it. And the fact that, um, again, you see the, the top prospects as far as pass rushing guys when they come into this league rarely are able to have much of an impact in, in season one if you don't take one of those elite guys in, in the first really 35 to 40 picks I think you start seeing defensive linemen and defensive in particular uh, drift back a little bit because teams want to take them to develop them and see if they can hit with them but they know it may be a couple of years down the road before you see reap the rewards of that. So uh, it's easier to go back and go, okay, well, we need a we need a player at this position of need for us here in, in the 
in the second or third, so let's do this here, and we'll get back to our defensive line later because we know even if he's good and we have something here, he won't necessarily be able to help us as much this season as, uh, as say, a, a cornerback. Uh, because, again, you're going to play three or four cornerbacks, and how many teams have more than two good corners? So uh, I think it's just a natural progression. If you're not on that top level or really that second level as far as the pass rusher, I think the third uh, tends to drift a little bit longer than you would anticipate. Evan, did you have something to say? No, Kevin, I'm just l- leaving you and Barry to do what you it is, whatever it is you <laughs> Evan thought this <laughs> – Evan thought this would be a good time to take a nap. <laughs> Did you hear that? To do you, it is what it is. What he was he's, that? he's taking a nap. <laughs> David, check, David, check your text messages. I sent you a photo of Evan. Uh, oh my gosh! Okay, good. I'll do that. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. Evan's battling what we like to call issues. Issues. Well, that's kind of been a lifelong. Are they thing, upper upper it? body or lower body? They are upper body. Oh my gosh! So, David. What do we expect then to see in the, well give us the, the the calendar now for from here on out through for training camp of what the, the Cowboys have coming up one of the many camps uh, you know OTAs what do voluntary mean all of that What do voluntary mean What do uh, voluntary mean Kevin yeah. <laughs> The uh, organized team activities which are voluntary which is the first time that uh players can actually go as a, a unit against another. It's the first time you can actually have offense versus defensive drills. Uh, you're not lining up in pads. You're not doing that. But everything up to that point is all individual drills, weight work, weight work, conditioning, that sort of thing. Organized team activities, they will start the third week in May. Uh, then you have three weeks of those, of, of four four-day sessions for the next three weeks. And then in the middle of June, uh, I believe June 14th through 16th, right in that range, is their mini camp. That is the only mandatory team event of the offseason. Everyone will need to be there for that, Uh, rookies, veterans, and and, and rookies are going to be a part of these OTAs as well. Uh, But that is the last gasp, if you will, uh, that three days uh, until uh, then everyone kind of spreads, and it's the closest thing you have to a break. Uh, in the NFL schedule uh, where players can be off, uh, uh, administrators off, coaches take off, and then they will reconvene in uh, Oxnard, California in late July, I believe July 28th, 29th, where to start a training camp. Where do the coaches take off to, David? Where do coaches take off to? Yeah. They will... Uh, that deli over there, the, I think, the by the... film island, island, I think, is where yeah, they go. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Many of them take island tours. Island tours. They, they sequester themselves. Wow. On, uh, St. Bart's, maybe. Let me ask you this. Wait, 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 wait. Shut up, Look. Kevin. This was good stuff. Oh, my gosh. Island tours? <laughs> Jimmy Island Buffett tours. and him is now coming out. <laughs> Does Jason Garrett go to St. Bart's? Is he not allowed uh, to go on vacation? more about the assistant coach. Jason Garrett, I believe, uh, returns to New Jersey. So who wouldn't want to go there in the summer? On vacation? Absolutely, he'll, he'll have camps up in Princeton, won't he? Yeah, he he goes to Chicago where his uh, wife is from to see her family affair, I believe, and uh, and the rest of the time he hangs out now, with Tony Romo, right? Now the uh, no, there's no basketball at that point of the season unless they're going to go to the finals. Unless they can slip the finals in, they may do that. Uh, 
The more interesting one is the Jones family. Why don't you ask me where they vacation? Where do the Jones family vacation? Well, often on their yacht in the Mediterranean. On their yacht, yacht? in the Mediterranean. I in, like that. In fact, what's in the fact, name of that uh, yacht? When was it? Well, I think it was uh, three, no, four, four or five years ago. Uh, they, they used to keep it under wraps pretty well. Four or five years ago, uh, one of their guests on the yacht happened to tweet out that he was having a lovely time on the Jones yacht, and that was uh, Irvin Magic Johnson was uh, so, floating off the uh, floating off the. Uh, what is the name uh, of the Jones? Yeah. What is the name of the Jones family yacht? Is it Bodie McBoatface? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> Jonesy McJonesface. What is the name of the yacht? Do you know? Yeah, Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> they they beat they beat London. They beat uh, the English to it. No, I, I think it's like I think it's three rings, isn't it? Or was that was oh, that Jimmy's? No. That's Jimmy's. Jimmy's boat. That's, Jimmy's. That's Jimmy's boat, which is not a yacht. Yeah. You know, Bodie McBoatface was was ruled out, David. What is? I, I, I think their yacht name is. Did you like those three rings? Yeah, very much. <laughs> yeah, did you like those? But that's right. Let me ask. Let me go back to a serious question because that's what our that's what our listeners want is seri- our serious hardball football questions uh, no. here. Oh yeah. Uh, now that Evan has has drifted, we have drifted with Evan on his boat. Um, w- David. Are all these organized or unorganized, disorganized, whatever kind of, of uh, activities these off-season things are, are they for the, pl- uh, the players and the team, or are they just to keep the players out of trouble? Well, I mean, you're going through – every team is changing things, uh, are going to do something different with their game plan. They're, they're uh, giving players something to work on in the off-season, and they want to be able to monitor them. Um, you know, there is a lot of off time in, in for the players as far as away from structured activities. Uh, most of them are all, all of January, February. Uh, players start coming back to the complexes available to work out in, in March, usually. Uh, most of them come by, uh, but you're not, you don't have to. If you live somewhere else, you can, you can do it there. But it's, I mean, it's, it's obviously team that they don't want such a long gap. I don't think it's good for, any team sport to have a gap from January to June when you have no access and no interaction with the rest of your team. So uh, especially that you're going to be installing different things, you're going to, you want to keep, you know, monitor how certain guys are staying in shape in the off season. So it's, I wouldn't say it's to keep them out of trouble. I would, I would say the, the primary function is, you want these guys together. You want them working as a unit. Uh, you want them invested in the team. And the longer you're away from team activities, the more you're a, an individual contractor, if you will, versus a, a member of the Dallas Cowboys or any other team. So that that is the primary reason. But they are nervous about it because because here's the difference between in the old days. So wait a minute. You you asked the question. Yeah. And then you were just going to have your answer anyway. Oh. Evan, that's what he does. I'm gonna I'm gonna say to, to you what you said to me a while ago. Shut up. Oh my. Okay. This is tense today. Uh, I'm gonna have to play mediator. Here's the thing. Back in the old days, the guys had to work in the off season, right? So they're uh, working. Here we go. They're working we nine go. to five jobs. Here we go. And they're spending. What, 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 spend what old off. days are you talking about, Kevin? How long ago was that that guys had to work in the off season? Probably into the eighties. Okay, so we're talking about thirty plus years ago. But this is one of the reasons for the, I believe, for the outgrowth of so many off-season camps and things is because 
Guys are just sitting around doing nothing. Sure, it's to keep them out of trouble. Sure, it's to babysit them. I believe that was the question I Here, asked, wasn't uh, it? Here's the answer to the big question of the day. <laughs> Name of Jerry Jones's yacht bigger than Jimmy's. It does not. It is. I'm, it I Googled is it. It's bigger than Jimmy's. Where did you get that? Uh... HoustonCultureMap.com. Are you kidding me? Bigger than Jimmy's? That's the name of the ship. It's not the the name of it. (laughs) I I would also, as as Kevin lovingly embraces football 40 years ago, (laughs) I would also also point out that, yes, many of those players players were working in the offseason. I would also say those players were not corporations unto themselves with the level of money they were making. The more money you pump into the sport, uh, I think there's more of a tie to the organization and more of an expectation of, look, uh, basically we are paying you as a, as a private contractor. Uh, you're a corporation unto yourself, uh, so you have some obligation and responsibility to the larger organization. So I, I think... Money changes the equation as well as far as what can be expected. You know, all of this being said, we're, we're talking about all of this uh, access and contact during the offseason. But from a physical standpoint, as, as far as physical drills, uh, players in pads, the level of intensity of these workouts, it's not as great as it was back then. Uh, because the other element is when, when players had to keep other jobs, they weren't in shape. They they were, uh, you know, training camp was to get players into shape. For Play yourself season. into shape, yeah, absolutely. And now now you're expected to keep, stay in shape, and you're you're going to work on the strategic part of it once you're in camp. You're expected and required to be in shape. Training camp is not to be in shape. It's just an extension of the off season to help you prepare for the regular season. I believe David, that when, Kevin would like to ask another question here. No, and no, no. Is, no. I was making a that point. That is, when are kickers going to go back to the single no, bar face it. mask? Stop because My he remembers was, a time when that was prevalent, too. Evan, you know, we can go back We can go back over the course of this podcast and check on the questions that Evan oh Grant has asked. Oh, my God. Can we do this? Can we settle down, boys? Let's look ahead. I'm going to bring milk and cookies next week because this is this is no. Uh, the point I was going to make was that I believe that Tim Callishaw once kept Drew Pearson in shape at the uh, sporting goods store, get, had him running back to the stock uh, stock room and bringing stuff back and forth. That's how they did it back then. What yeah. we were talking David, about keeping those guys in shape. David, where are you going? <laughs> David's already gone. David's gone. <laughs> David, where's your vacation? Sorry, did you say something? I've kind of tuned out. What's going on there? Oh, where, man. Where is your vacation, David? That's what we want to know. I, where am I going or will I enjoy it? Both. We hate to ask I these will. tough questions, David, but go ahead. I will go at an undetermined date. I will be leaving. <laughs> I will be uh, <laughs> I'll spend a little time in Rome, a little time in Florence. Or as the natives call it, Firenze. A little time in the Tuscan Hills. Maybe some time in uh, Cinque Terre. And maybe uh, top it all off in Venice. What country are you going to, David? I'm a little confused. That would be Italy. Hey, you know, I was in, I was in the, lo- I was in the uh, locker room the other day, and you were talking to Mickey Spagnuolo about this. And was that the longest conversation you've ever had with Mickey? When You, you were talking there, about yeah. your vacation. with they were t- It was unbelievable. <laughs> I was just standing there. 
I was trying to ask a football question, kind of like on the, on this podcast, which you can't. And then it, it it was just I was enthralled by by the romanticism of your conversation with Mickey. Wow. Well, no, we both we both we both saw you coming up, and I said, please start a conversation about anything. <laughs> David, I, I hope you have a great time in Italy. Whatever uh, it is that you go on your on your vacation, by the way. I, I, I looked over some of your tips, Evan, and I I intend to uh, experience several of them. What, what was it? What was Evan's number one tip? Some place to eat, right? Oh, he gave me several places to eat, but it's not it's not just about eating. There's more to life than eating, Barry. Yes, Barry. David, we hope you have a great time on the on on your va- Italian vacation. <laughs> I hope that at some point in time I'll be able to construct complete sentences again. Uh, oh my God! But in the meantime, we've got to get to Chuck Carlton to talk about some college football and these damn kids who aren't very loyal anymore to college football programs. I don't know what's going on with the kids today. Kevin's going to bring up some stuff from forty years ago, and then we're going to talk to John Daniels about some stuff that's going on with the Rangers, while Kevin makes knots with his uh, microphone wire. So. We are really in tune today. Today is a, a great podcast day. Uh, thanks for joining us today. Is oh, there anything? You. Barry, Barry, one quick thing. Could yeah. You, could you ask John Daniels something for me? Sure. Could you ask him how he would incorporate Gavin Escobar into the Cowboys offense a little more? I, you know what? I'm sure he'll, ha- he'll, ha- he'll have the answer. He'll have the answer. Uh, he, you know what? He might. At this point, for what happened this weekend, he, he might actually know what to do with him. He no, with, with the guys that they used, Drew Stubbs. Were, were you not with the Rangers this weekend, Evan? No. Oh, it was, we had good stuff in the paper this weekend. Yeah, that was with Jerry Fraley. I oh, I'm sorry. David, it's been a pleasure to have you on. I'm sorry that we were a little bit discombobulated today. But, uh, He's using the, the royal way there, David. By the time you get back from uh, from Italy, whenever that may be, we might not even have a podcast. By yeah, the time it might be gone back. by then. I, I, you know, I'm I'm kind of tired of the podcast. I think I might just just quit because of all the guests you've brought. <laughs> uh, I believe well, I brought oh, guests. All of you, I, I hope all of you know how much I enjoy this once it's over every week. <laughs> yeah, thank David, you, I have one word for you. Ciao. <laughs> Ciao. Goodbye, David. Bye, David. And that's going to do it for the Cowboys podcast this week. This has been the most tense (laughs) podcast I have ever done. Well, basically because of you. What did I do? Because Barry and I were in such a good mood when you came in late. First of all, I got to say, I got to say one thing about being in a good mood. You were not in a good mood yesterday when you when you were texting me. I was attacked by (laughs) you two guys. Oh, attacked him. What did I? What did I say? You attacked me over what I said about somebody. You, you, and were, you said that's a pretty harsh assessment. You were, you were, you were just in a really bad mood yesterday because no. you were in a dance recital for sixteen hours. I was not in a bad mood about that. I merely explained. You said uh, Kevin won't co- cooperate with us because it's a Sunday, and I said I am on the second row of a, of a dance recital writing my column. And I've got six more dances to go over the next three hours. <laughs> you were not happy to be in Fort I love watching my daughter dance. She's terrific. Uh, but the point was that, that I was then attacked by you two guys. No, you weren't attacked. We were I'm just attacked. Tell, we were telling you the said, truth. You said, you chose the dance life. Do not complain. That's correct. First of all, as I pointed out, I did not choose the dance life. It chose me. You could have manipulated oh, your oh, child into something are, else. And you are crazy. What did you manipulate any of your three children into doing? 
respect oh. of their mother. Right. Hey, they all showed they, up yesterday for Mother's Day. They did whatever they wanted. That's correct. All that right, Kevin. Correct. Well, you are... Kevin, just say goodbye. Of, you're the... <laughs> goodbye, everybody. Bye.